All right, well, hey, everybody, I'm Duke LaMastra, and you're listening to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. You know, every week on this show, I'm looking to either bring you something, either just me talking to you, or bring in an awesome guest on the show to have a conversation about something that I just believe is going to help you to be empowered in your personal life and just experience God's presence and His power working in your life in practical ways. I'm joined today by Amy Davison. Amy is an apologist and writer for Mama Bear Apologetics and for Women in Apologetics, podcast co-host for Mama Bear Apologetics. Uh, She's also a wife and a mother of three and uh, just has a huge heart for people and also a, a veteran of the Air Force. And uh, Amy, thank you so much for your service. I'm not sure if I <laughs> mentioned that last time we were talking. But yeah, I really appreciate you being here. So, uh, well, anyway, how's your day going so far? You know, it's not too bad. Uh, I'm in Texas. So anytime the temperature is below 90, we're pretty happy. And so we are, we, it's beautiful, sunny fall day. And gosh, there's, no, I got no complaints. Awesome. Where are you from yeah. originally? So I'm from Washington State. I'm from a town okay. called Puyallup. Um, it's about uh, probably about 30 minutes from Seattle. So, you know, we were up near Mount Rainier. So, I mean, I, I go from these huge hills and legitimate mountains and beautiful pine trees to Texas, which is incredibly flat. Um, I was stationed in Oklahoma for a time, which is slightly flatter than Texas. So, yeah, it's kind of one of those. I get this geographical withdrawal where I'm just or I guess more topographical would be a better word. But uh, I just miss the hills and trees and mountains and yeah, it's beautiful up there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Hey Amy, thanks again for being here. Let's go ahead and jump into this. As I was introducing you, I did mention uh, that you are an apologist. You work in the area of apologetics, but I just kind of skimmed over that word. And there may be some people listening to this that don't have any idea what that word actually means, what apologetics or biblical apologetics, what that actually means and what that's all about. So could you just kind of give us an idea for anyone that may not be totally familiar with that terminology? Oh, of course. Yeah. Apologetics can sometimes be an intimidating word for folks. They think it's something very, you know, upper echelons of the university. And really, it is so practical and accessible. I really love it. Um, one of the verses that really encompasses what apologetics is, is Matthew twenty two thirty seven, which talks about loving your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul, as well as First Peter uh, three fifteen, which means to be ready to give a defense to all who ask for the hope that is within you with gentleness and respect. And really what it is, is it's just, um, it's a great way of witnessing. It's where if somebody asks you, you know, why, why are you weathering this storm so well? Why are you joyful when everyone around you may be, you know, having a meltdown? It's, uh, they're asking these questions about why you believe what you believe, and it's your ability to, to answer those questions. And so it's a, it's a great way of discipleship, um, it's how to minister, it's to, to eliminate maybe some questions that people have. And it's a great way to wrestle with doubts. So it's this, yeah. it's just this awesome field to where if you have questions about the faith or if people are asking or if they're struggling with something that you can minister to them uh, in a little bit deeper of a way than, and, and I'm not trying to downplay coming up alongside someone and saying, oh, I've been there too. It's, it's, it's just a, a little bit deeper of that to where mm-hmm. you can answer these questions. Awesome. And so why do you think, and we'll get into some specifics and things like that here, I'm sure as we go forward, but why do you think it's so important that we have a clear understanding of this subject? So in, in terms of really having, as, as a Christian, as somebody who's walking with the Lord, just having uh, clearly defined 
beliefs and really understanding what you believe. And, and even as like the verse that you just read, you know, being ready to be able to give a clear account. Why do you think that having that just really rooted and grounded within you is so important and so essential? I think because we all have these questions to where we, we want to understand the answers um, around them. And I mean, if anyone who's had a toddler, right, their favorite question to ask is why? And that doesn't ever go away. Even as a teenager, as an adult, we want to know why we believe. And that's what people are going to ask us. If they say you're a Christian, especially nowadays, there's so much hostility toward Christianity. Mm. There's so much hostility toward even um, the defense of human life, uh, the existence of at what stage do we uh, call a person a person wow. and that sort of thing. There's so much hostility around there that people are going to to push back against that. I mean, goodness, if you just flip on the news, you see that if, if you have any sort of a biblical stance whatsoever, people are going to push back against that. And it's just, it's so helpful to be able to respond and be able to answer because we're, we're called to be witnesses um, and, to, and to give that defense. So it's mm. just a great way to to understand your faith better. And I think sometimes uh, middle or not middle school, but Sunday school can sometimes prepare us to, they teach from a biblical worldview, but they don't teach how to uh, foster and develop and recognize that biblical worldview. So we can say, well, you know, well, I believe in this. And then people are like, well, why? And then you start stumbling over your words because you've never really thought deeply about it. And so many students, their faith is shaken because they've They've just sort of accepted Christianity because, you know, that's what they were raised in. Their parents believe in it, but they haven't thought deeply about these questions to where when they get into the universities or even encountering a kid, another middle school kid, asking them questions, they don't quite know what to say. So it's so helpful just to just to get to know your Lord more. I mean, when we were talking earlier, we joked, you know, when you get married, you don't stop asking your spouse questions. You know, you want to get to know them. You want to love them and that sort of thing. And that's just what that's a lot of what a apologetics is, is getting to know and to, to love your, your Lord more deeply. Come on. Yeah. I love, I love how practical you are with this. And like, I remember I took, uh, when I went to Bible college, I took a class, I took a single class on apologetics and I thought it was awesome. And we got into, you know, how you go through and how you defend your faith and all these different things. And it was awesome. But since then, which is like, I don't even know, probably 15 years ago, (laughs) something like that, somewhere around there. Uh, since then, I haven't really heard apologetics talked about a whole lot. Now, I, I mean, I do follow some some people that, you know, are Christian apologists and, mm-hmm. and uh, I follow their content and stuff like that. But as far as just in the body of Christ, it's not something that you hear about on a regular basis. And yeah. so here's the thing that, that I've seen and is exactly what you're talking about. I've seen with so many young people that grew up that grow up in the church they do exactly what you said. And, and, and to an extent, I did that as well. When I was growing up in a Christian home and everything, you get to a point where you're like, well, why do I believe this? Like, this is what they've mm-hmm. been telling me. It's what I've seen, you know, and, and some of these things that you've been learning, I, it's obviously, it's the most amazing thing in the world when you can raise up a child in the way they should go, because when they're older, they won't depart from it. Right. Mm. And Proverbs tells us that. But one of the things that I, that I found in my own life is, okay, I was taught this but I was taught it from such a young age that I never really even thought to question it. And then you grow up and then maybe you go off and you get into a different atmosphere. Like obviously the obvious places we see it with a lot of students that go away to college and now they're dealing with philosophy. You know, they're, they're being taught philosophy and they have all these different worldviews that now all of a sudden they're surrounded with. And 
it's just like, oh, well, maybe that's not right. Why did they teach? Why do I even believe that? And it just becomes this questioning thing. And if you don't really know what you believe and why you believe it, then you can really be shaked in your faith mm. and have a struggle. Yeah. You know? And I think part of the problem at Duke is it's still, it's, it's growing in popularity now. I think a lot of pastors are realizing how important this is to equip their congregation with these questions uh, and with these answers and, and just these practical ways of thinking. Um, so it is growing in popularity, but there's still a lot of hostility in the church. And I think part of that has to do with a bit of, bit of a myth around apologetics is there's sort of this belief around there that apologetics is more effective than Jesus. And that's not the case. You know, it's not that we're saying that we're not relying on Christ. Uh, I've heard pastors, even one of um, our own former pastors, he said, you know, apologetics, you can't argue anyone into the kingdom. You can only love them. And it's, well, Mm -hmm. if the Holy Spirit isn't there, you can't love them any quicker into the kingdom than you can arguing. Um, And actually, there have been a lot of people who have been very hostile toward the faith and who have, through uh, arguments and that sort, have come to faith. I mean, gosh, Lee Strobel Mm. is one of them, J. Warner Wallace, a lot of these high-level apologists. Yes. Um, C.S. Lewis, even he was wrestling with some things. And so there's that myth there that we're saying that Jesus isn't enough, so you need these arguments. And we're not saying that. We're saying Jesus is so amazing. Look at the evidence for it. And it's it's that falling in love. It's it's almost like an intellectual act of worship to where you are just diving in and studying and getting to know your Savior more. And so I uh, I think that's why there's still some some tension there, even within churches, but I'm seeing more and more. We just had a new pastor come to our church here at, uh, in Rockwall. And I love it because he is so practical. He's infusing apologetic arguments. We were just talking about uh, whether or not hell uh, exists. And mm-hmm. so he was in, um, infusing apologetic arguments with his preaching. And it was just, it's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's like you're, you're this soil that's just drinking up these great answers. And so I think when pastors realize that, you know, we're not saying that God isn't enough. We're just saying, here's another tool for your evangelistic tool bag. And there are people who really respond to these. I mean, I don't know of anyone who's had an evangelistic encounter that hasn't had someone say, yeah, but, and then follow it up with a challenge. And so it's, yeah. it's really practical. I mean, your, your kids are going to ask you questions. Any, any parent who's ever been in, had a car ride longer than 20 minutes with a child will know that they start to become philosophers, you know, when the car ride is taken forever. And it's just a, a great way that you can dive in with your family. Wow. So good. You know, honestly, I think that one of the reasons why we have so many quote unquote lazy Christians in the church is because we are not really taught to like we get saved and then start sharing our faith right away i think the idea Mm. with a lot of people is that you know you got to get saved and you got to go through this process and you got to wait till you're ready and yeah everything but that's not what they did in the book of acts right i mean it was like (laughs) it was like you were feet to the fire and and it's just kind of like you learn as you go jump off the cliff and build your wings on the way down and we'll figure it out it's so key to have both of these things where we're receiving instruction but Mm -hmm. then we're also releasing what we've learned and i think that it causes us to all always go back to the source and to have that really, I, I think that when we're sharing our faith, it really roots us and grounds us in the things that we've been learning and we've, and, and that have been taught. So I think what happens sometimes is if we're not used to sharing our faith and then all of a sudden we have to go out and share our faith and we get these questions and we're like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know how to answer that. And first of all, it's totally okay to not have all the answers. Uh, I think you know a lot of people get nervous about stuff like that and not having the answers when it comes Mm -hmm. to sharing their faith. But like, man, if we're not talking about Jesus and how good he is and how 
awesome he is and, and what he's done in our lives, then I mean, what, what are we doing? You know? Right. No. And I, I, I love that you point that out because that was a lot of my experience too, is it seemed like, and I don't want to say back in the day, cause it totally dates me, but you know, back in the day to where it's, it was like the whole goal was to get you to the altar, right? It was to, to get you to, um, accept Christ as your savior. I mean, so much of summer camp experiences, right? You had this great emotional worship service for five straight days. You accept Christ. And it's like, yay, you've accepted Christ. Good luck. And they just sort of chuck you out of the nest. Yeah. And there was like, there was no follow up. Um, I, I mean, that was my experience anyways. I, I uh, was baptized right before basic training, which is probably the, most, the best uh, timing to get baptized. And um, I remember, you know, you, you sort of soldier through, you know, you're trying to do this study. Um, and we really need to almost foster that discipleship to where, yes, you know, we want to answer these questions. Yes, we want to help someone come to know Christ as their savior. But just like you were mentioning in Acts, we also want to equip you afterward. Is okay, awesome. Let's dive in. Let's have some Bible studies. Let's, uh, let's play out maybe some, um, some scenarios. Let's ask these big questions. And like you said, it's okay if you don't have the answers. I don't have all the answers. Nobody you meet is going to. Uh, omniscience is not a spiritual gift. So it's, it, it, and it's yeah. so great because, you know, um, the goal then is not to answer every question, but to allow the opportunity for future discussion. So that's why um, proper tactics in navigating conversation, especially nowadays when people are so hostile to contrary ideas, mm. if you can, if you can talk to someone and they walk away saying, wow, that person's a Christian, but they're not one of those Christians. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go and talk to them, pass along your, your email address, you know, give them your Twitter handle, say, look, um, that is a really great, great question. That's something that I'm struggling with too. Would you mind, can I get back to you and give them your information, ask maybe for their Twitter handle, their email and be like, I'd love to be able to get you, um, some answers. Would that be okay? And most people will be fine with that. You may never hear from them again. You could send them a super amazing email with all these sources and, and they may not respond back ever. But I mean, yeah. that's, that's where I love this analogy of, you know, we're, we're meant to be farmers in a way. Some points uh, we're just tilling up soil. Other times we're watering. Sometimes we're pulling out the weeds of maybe mm. false ideas. And only a few of us are going to be there and present to reap the harvest. But that's okay because a farmer is faithful all the way through, regardless of what part they serve. Amen. So there were, there were a lot of ministers and, and Christian uh, apologists back in the day that, and today still, but that would get into these heated debates with people. And there were, there've been amazingly talented and intelligent men and women of God throughout history, throughout the history of the body of Christ who have been able to really debate and take on people and prove to them why Christianity was right and why mm -hmm. God is real and why Jesus really lived and died and all this kind of stuff. But they would leave the other person on the other end of that conversation, like feeling beat up and feeling yeah. like they were nobody and stuff like that. And so that's not the point of this, right? The point of this is okay. not to just be right and to be better and to get your point across and to make sure that you come off, you know, smelling like roses and the other person doesn't. <laughs> the point is, of course, through all of this to demonstrate the love of the father, right? It's to demonstrate the love of Jesus and what he came to do for them. And so I think just the practicality of those two things, it's, it's that heart of compassion that wants to 
help people come to the knowledge of the truth, right? And to experience mm-hmm. salvation and eternal life. I mean, that's why we're here. But at the same time, taking the, the real foundational truths that the Bible teaches us and taking the evidence that's available and really just mixing, mixing it all together as something that can really help somebody see that this is something real. I, I yeah. think that the world has really done a good job. I listen to a lot of uh, stuff that's not necessarily godly in terms of podcasts and things like that. I, I, I like to just sort of hear what's going on. And so yeah, one, of the, one of the things that I hear a lot is uh, a lot of people talk about, a lot of people in the world talk about Christianity mm-hmm. and most of them, they don't talk about it like something that's this like stupid thing or whatever. They've done a really good job at dumbing it down though to something that's just another philosophy. It's just another belief system. It's just another way of thinking. It's just another thing. It's, you know, one of those things. Some people need a crutch. Some people that have been emotionally uh, uh, tormented or that have gone through tragedies or things like that, they need religion, right? And so it's just kind of lumped in. And I think that the world, I think it's been a systematic thing. The world has done a really good job at putting it into that place, at least on the level of their thinking and the way that they talk about it. And it's just so not true, obviously. There, there's, this is not just something, Christianity and following Jesus, this is not just something that we do. Of course, we accept him by faith. And of course, it requires faith to follow mm-hmm. Jesus, of course. But it's not blind faith and it's not yeah. dumb faith. There's so much evidence and there's so mm-hmm. much uh, just reality that goes with this. So um, yeah, no, I yeah. love that you pointed that out because God does call us to faith, but he never calls us to faith without evidence. And yeah. when you look at Romans 1, right, as Paul is getting into discussing how people fall into depravity, uh, it talks about though the evidence for God was clearly known to them through nature and everything, but they turned their backs to it. So, I mean, we have this, we have evidence all around us. And and yes, that's one of those big myths is that faith is is uh, is blind. And no, no one, no one believes anything blindly we've all got reasons for what we do even even the dumb things that we do we've got reasoning behind it so yeah just debunking that that myth there and no what you're talking about was that postmodern influence it's sort of you had the uh, the Enlightenment period, which was so gung-ho. They were like, oh, man, we can know everything through science. All the mysteries of the world are going to be known. And, you know, science doesn't, doesn't uncover everything. It, it doesn't give us all the answers. So it, postmodernism was kind of this... I don't know, like a Debbie Downer version of what it reaction of what happened. It's well, now we can't know truth at all. Uh, Nothing can be known for sure. Everybody just has their own preferences, their own beliefs. You can't speak out against them because you know, that's, that's your truth, but that may not be my truth. And I, I see that with uh, creeping into high schoolers, middle schoolers as well. They, that's one of the big things they wrestle with, especially with evangelism is one of their, their main stumbling blocks is that they, they don't know how to articulate their faith and they actually think that it's mean to articulate their faith because, well, everybody just has their own beliefs. It's sort of this Oprah, you know, all paths lead to lead to God sort of mindset. And so it's, yeah, it's really hindered. Um, it, it can really hinder evangelistic outreach. It can really cripple, not saying that the gospel is weak in a sense, but it can, it can hinder it. If you have, if you're talking with someone who has this, well, that's just your opinion mm-hmm. mindset. And so, yeah, I mean, again, that shows the importance of understanding some of these arguments, because if that's all it is, just an opinion, then, you know, what you say really doesn't matter. That's just something that works for you. Yeah. 
So what are, let's, can we get into some of these practical things, some of the maybe common questions that come up in, in, in this area when you're dealing with, or maybe when you're teaching apologetics, some of these big questions or arguments that come up and uh, just maybe some tools that somebody that's listening to this could take to just sort of apply to uh, answer some, you know, answer some questions and have a good biblical defense or not some defense might not be the right word, but you know what I mean, right? Just being able to, yeah. to respond um, to, to somebody who maybe has one of these arguments, one of these common arguments. Oh yeah, definitely. So one great thing is there are so many resources out there available and they're so accessible folks. I, I can't encourage them enough. Again, uh, cross there's apps like Cross-Examined or Cold Case Christianity. Jay Warner Wallace wrote his Cold Case Christianity books and they are fantastic. Um, that, I love them. They, you can even work through them if you've got middle schoolers, they're that accessible. Mm. And so um, there's apps that you can download on your phone. Just type in apologetics to where you now have a guide right there at your phone because gosh we all have our phones right so when you're when you're in the bathroom for a little long time or you're on the bus or gosh does anybody ride the bus anymore well if you're out and about you can you can have access to to all of these so you don't need to don't need to feel intimidated anymore um so i think one of the first things to really to really talk with is if you're ever in a discussion is to ask really good questions. Your goal is to uh, listen, to understand and not to respond. You want to know exactly what the pe where the people are coming from, um, maybe what they're struggling with. It's kind of an informational recon. So if you're ever talking with someone, really listen to what they have to say. And then if there's ever any terminology that they're using, um, ask them what they mean by that. There's something that in, uh, in the book, Mama Bear Apologetics, um, that goes into linguistic theft to where we have these words that used to mean one thing and now they mean something completely different. So you have to know exactly what you're talking about. So it's so important to discuss terms. And so, and it's really easy. You just be like, okay, I, so I hear you talking about, um, this being oppressive, what do you mean? You know, and, and people usually have no problem explaining themselves. And, uh, and that way you can help um, understand where they're coming from and then repeat it back to them. So that way you know that you're representing their ideas fairly. I mean, people want to be heard. They want to yeah. be understood. And they usually have no problem being like, well, you know, well, that's not quite right. What I really mean is this. And then just, you know, just keep wrestling back and forth and saying, okay, cool. Until you've got it down for exactly what they mean then go and, and launch off from there. So one of the big ones that now, as we, we just talked about it a little bit ago, is postmodernism and the mm -hmm. influence now and what that's done to the idea of truth. And you'll hear this everywhere is, you know, people think that any sort of decision or belief is just your perspective. It's, it's like a flavor of ice cream. It's, well, you may like vanilla, but I may like strawberry and that's okay. Cause we can both have those two. Right. We can both have those likes and that's fine for something like that, uh, for something that is subjective. But when it comes to whether or not God exists, you know, that then you, you can't have those varying beliefs because either one is true or the other is false. And so it's really important to figure out what the other person believes about truth. If they think that it's just everyone's opinion, you can have some really great conversations with them, but they're, they're not really going to go anywhere because toward the end of it, they're going to be like, well, you know, that's just your opinion. Mm -hmm. So again, those kind of, those can end up going into all, all sorts of different uh, discussions just on that. But um, another one that I've seen a lot of people coming up with is that all religions are basically the same. I hear this. Uh, I hear this quite often, but it's just not true. Just to use um, a huge example, is that it's, it's kind of an 
it's an overgeneralization. It's just trying to say, well, what you believe doesn't matter because they're, they're all pretty much the same. We're all going to end up in the same place. It's this huge overgeneralization. And uh, I'm just going to use this one thing um, here, this one question of whether or not God exists. Simple question. God exists, right? If all religions are basically the same, then they should have basically the same answer. So unfortunately, that's just not the case. So when you look at from an atheist perspective, no, God doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. But agnostics will say, well, you know, we really can't know for sure. The Christian is going to come back and say, yes, he's triune. He's personal. He's active. He loves you. Um, The pantheist, no, no, no. There's no personal God, but all things are divine. You know, you kind of have a little bit of that that, uh, Star Wars sort of view of the force. Um, Hinduism, you know, there's one God, many forms. And I mean, I could keep, uh, I could keep going on, on just this one question. So it's really, those two are really important um, right now, just because you have folks who will sort of blow off beliefs because again, that overgeneralization, or they'll say, well, that's just your, your opinion. And well, if everything's an opinion that we really can't Um, we really can't say that anyone is wrong or try and correct someone. Um, If everything is just our opinion, then our, uh, our going into world war two and trying to liberate um, Jews from concentration camps, technically we shouldn't have done that because it was their belief that it's, and that's okay that they wanted to do that. So it really shows how important it is to understand, um, to understand these, these questions. Wow. Just on that, this just came into my head. So uh, do you ever get this question like where somebody would point out, because you just mentioned that thing about, you know, the Nazis and the concentration camps, um, because people can look back at, at the history of Christianity and say, well, what about all these injustices that were done in the, in the, name, of, in the name of God, in the name of the church and stuff like that? Right. And is that an argument that you see a lot with people where people will bring up the past mistakes and injustices and things like that that have been done, like in the name of jesus or in the name of the church of jesus christ that have just been like horrible do you find yeah you you do no you do and people do often bring that up and and that's where it's important it and it really depends on the situation too to point out that okay just because something is said that it's done in the name of god doesn't necessarily mean that it is from god you'll have people who try to justify all sorts of atrocities but if it's contrary to the nature of god then it doesn't quite work out One of the other complaints that's often brought up is the massacre of the Canaanites. They say, well, this is, it was, it was wrong for the Israelites to come in and wipe out all of the Canaanites. God said to do it. um, But we, he also said that murder was wrong. So there's, there's a conflict here. And, uh, but when you actually go and look back at the evidence, it's okay. God had given the Canaanites years and years and years to repent. They were sacrificing their children to Molech and Baal and all these horrible, horrible atrocities. Mm-hmm. And God had executed a judgment through the Israels or through the Israelites, which he was fully in his, uh, his position to do so as a fully just and righteous God. And so bringing in that, uh, that information helps it because a lot of times people want to say, oh, they'll, they'll want to whitewash the Canaanites, that they were just these innocent people picking flowers and selling fruits and being, you know, just wonderful folks that were just wiped out mercilessly by this wrathful and evil God. And no, that, that actually was not the case. So it, it's important to look at things, um, look at all the evidence uh, around those situations. And even today, I mean, there's there's awful hurts that have gone within the church of, of abuses that have happened within the church. And they're saying, Oh, well, this just goes to show that Christianity is flawed. No, it goes to show that the people involved there were, were doing evil things and committing sins. It doesn't negate the fact that we have a loving savior. Well, we have to be able to, you know, I've been in conversations with, with atheists and they'll be like, well, 
the Bible's been debunked and all these things have been disproven. And if you, if you're not strong in your faith and you don't actually understand these evidences, like you're talking about, you're just kind of done at that point because you're like, well, I don't know how to respond to that. Maybe you're right. Maybe, (laughs) maybe this person's right. Or even if you know that they're not right, or if you think they're not right, you don't really have specific instances that you can point to and go through there. So I think that this is so key. It's so major, but I really love your preface here in terms of being able to have a conversation with the person who's in front of you and value them and honor them as a person, as one who's just like you created in God's image. And even though they have different beliefs than you and they're not on the same page with you. And of course you would love to influence them and, you know, get them saved and all of that. Sometimes Amy, I'm sure you would attest to this that it's not always a one-time conversation. (laughs) Oh, Sometimes there's a huge, sometimes it's years of developing friendship and relationship with a person, or maybe it's a family member or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. the case is. Sometimes it's through them, you know, you have these conversations here and there when you have that open door, but sometimes it's them seeing just the presence of God in your life or seeing how you're different, how you respond differently to a situation than, than they would, how you have peace and you experience peace and you have the favor of God resting on your life and things like that, that really become evident that, you know, it becomes a thing over time. But if you're just like combative with people and you're just like, well, you're just wrong and you're going to hell and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. that the church has been really guilty of doing, if we're very honest, um, it, it just turns people off. And then, well, why would I want to believe that anyway? Why would I want to follow that anyway? Yeah. Oh, um, and that's, that's one of the kind of the views that we have over at Mama Bear Apologetics is it's not to destroy the person. It's about unmasking these ideas and exposing the faultiness within these ideas. We need to make sure that we aren't destroying somebody's uh, humanity, you know, in the process of, of helping them come to truth, so to speak. So yeah, it is, it's a, it's a ministering opportunity. And when you look throughout scripture, especially new Testament, you know, Jesus tailored his response to whomever he was talking to. He met people where they were. And it, for some folks, he was harsh. That was typically the, the Sadducees and, and the Pharisees, you know, he, he was pretty blunt with them, but then again, they should have known better. They were, they were the learned men. They were the shepherds that were supposed to be taking care of the sheep and they were not, they were, they were uh, abusing them in the process. Whereas, you know, the woman at the well, or the woman caught in adultery, or even the rich, um, the rich young man who wanted, you know, who's all about giving everything up for, for the Lord, except when it came to his money. You know, Jesus was very approachable and very mm-hmm. loving. I mean, he, he met people where they were, and, and he just he, he showed them who he was, and he pointed them to God. And that's, that's all we can do is to, is to guide people to the Father, because the Holy Spirit's going to work on their heart. We're just there to, to be faithful witnesses and to point them to the Father. And it takes a lot of the weight off, off your shoulders. You know, if you think wow. that every conversation and some of the, some of the classes that I went to in seminary, they were very hardcore evangelism, you know, write down how many people came to faith with you, within your talk and, and everything. And that can be sometimes a huge weight, like, oh, I'm not good enough if I don't yeah. have, you know, five people uh, give their life over to Christ. And no, that, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to be faithful witnesses. We're called to answer the questions. We're called to raise up our kids so um, that they can stand and, and defend themselves. I mean, the it, I love how in Ephesians, 6-4, it talks about raising our children with training and instruction. It's a two-prong approach. And right after that, he talks about the armor of God. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Roman soldiers, how they did things is 
before they were even called soldiers or given their sword, they had to learn not only how to battle, but then also battle techniques, right? They needed to know um, uh, warfare and that sort. So they needed that intellectual as well as the practical before they were called soldiers and before they were given their swords. And so if we, we take that approach with uh, other believers, our kids, that sort of thing to where we're not just... Um, we're not just giving them Bible stories. We're letting them wrestle. We're letting them practice and spar, so to speak. And then it helps them be more effective uh, in the battlefield. And so it's, it's just great. And, I, and I'm just going to point to this one word because I absolutely love it. In Deuteronomy 4.10, they, um, when they were brought before Mount Horeb, God told them to tra- teach their children to, rever- to revere the Lord. And the word that's used is lamad. And lamad is an awesome word. It means train with the implication of putting into use. And this mm. same word that's used to raising children and nurturing is, is the same one that was used for how the Israelites were supposed to go into battle. They were supposed to not only be humble and be seeking the Lord, but also be proficient uh, in warfare. So, and every time that they did this, they, I mean, they won, they, they kicked tail. It was awesome. Um, fun fact, if you're a musician, that word is also used on how to study your craft. So hoorah for all you oboe players out there. Um <laughs> God sees you as a warrior, but, uh, but no, it's just, it's just great for how we can, how we can put this into good use. So what would you point somebody to, or maybe even a, a, you know, one or two things that you would say to somebody who's very, very new at this, not comfortable sharing their faith, but wants to be obedient and faithful in that way? Oh yeah. I mean, stage fright is real. So, I mean, it is, it is okay to be nervous. Um, God uses the weakest of vessels. So, you know, and of course I'm going to point to mama bear apologetics. We're, we're geared toward moms, but again, we are not, uh, we we are good for papa bears, mama bears. If you work (laughs) with kids in any way, you know, we, we can help you, um, not only grow in your own faith, but equip and speak to kids as well. Uh, another great uh, resource, like I mentioned before, is Cold Case Christianity. If you go onto that website, he deals with a lot of point-by-point questions. He's got videos that are very accessible. Cross-examined by Frank Turek is another one. One book that I that I really love, I've got it right here in front of me. In fact, it's holding up my computer, <laughs> is um, A Practical Guide to Culture, which is by John Stone Street and Brett Kunkel. Um, very good. For those people who are nervous about apologetic engagement on talking to folks, I highly recommend Tactics. It is absolutely fantastic book. It is so accessible. Um, it, it's one of my favorites. I mean, you'll these chapters are really short. They're practical. He gives explanations of how he's navigated conversations. I mean, that is just, I can't recommend that one highly enough. Uh, what about for you personally? You know, how can somebody connect with you or maybe just follow the content that you put out? Sure. So you can reach me probably most accessibly with uh, Mama Bear Apologetics. If you just go on to, and that's our, that's the website. It's just mamabearapologetics.com. Uh, you can find me just by clicking on meet the mama bears. You'll, you'll see my picture and hear a little bit of my bio. Um, I, you can also connect with me on Twitter. I'm at, or it's at salt N as in the letter N grace 46 or Amy Davison. If you put that in, um, you can reach me there. Uh, I, I love interacting with folks and helping equip folks. I think that's just, it, it's incredible when you can help people learn to fish and it's incredible when you can help people um, mm. really dive deeply in the Lord. And it's a community thing. I mean, we're all, we're always more accountable when we're having somebody journeying along with us and that's what we're here to do. So if you want to reach me there or reach out to, to Duke, if you need my email, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. So those are the two easiest ways and, and yeah, let me know what I can help with. Love it. 
Well, I just want to echo one thing um, that you said, again, just kind of as we wrap things up here. Um, again, really appreciate your time. Anybody listening, make sure that you reach out to, to Amy, um, either just through the Mama Bear Apologetics or through one of those personal links that she gave you. Um, check out some of these resources, especially if this is something that you're just, uh, maybe you've got a, a desire for it burning inside of you, but you're not totally sure how to get started. Uh, definitely reach out and definitely go after this. Uh, but I just want to remind you something that um, that, that Amy brought out in her discussion, just about having these conversations and listening, actively listening to the person in front of you. So many times, like you said, Amy, we can get into a conversation with somebody and we're just waiting for our moment to jump in and to speak yeah. and to respond. So what happens is we're not actually even listening to the person in front of us. We're just thinking about, okay, I can't wait to say this. I can't wait to say this. Mm-hmm. And, and so, many, so many times without even realizing it, that's how we conduct conversations. And it's so hard to learn that way because we're not actually listening. We're not paying attention. And recognizing that no matter who you're talking to, whether it's somebody who's like-minded or in disagreement, this is just crazy right now with the whole uh, political scene the different oh my political gosh. views and stuff yes. like that like we can't listen like it's like you're not allowed to listen to someone if you're democrat you're not allowed to listen to a republican if you're mm-hmm. ultra liberal you're not allowed like it's like dude hold on a second like like chill out let's recognize that we're all people before we're anything else and definitely for those of us that know the lord like we're all created in God's image. We're image bearers of God. And so whether the person in front of you is an atheist and completely closed off to the gospel, but they're there having a conversation with you, it doesn't matter who they are, right? And just recognizing that whatever they believe, whatever they have been led to believe in their life, there's a cry there. There's Mm -hmm. a cry on the inside of them. There's a reason why they believe like they do, or there's a reason why they're skeptical, or there's a reason so many atheists that I've encountered, they used to be Christians. They used to be in the church and they were hurt. They were offended. They were let down by leadership. And of course, that's not an excuse to stay away from God, but so many, but we equate what we see God's people do with the nature and character of God. And Mm -hmm. so I understand that people have those hurts and people walk through those things in life and so many times people are offended they've been offended with christians or with the church or with the pastor or somebody else and it just caused them to completely walk away and so we have a weight on us it's a it's a good weight that we carry that we actually the to the best of our ability to the best that we know how to demonstrate and to represent the nature of who god is well to those people that we come in contact with and i Mm -hmm. think that it's both of these things it's demonstrating the love of christ and that compassion that willingness to speak to people but it's also that willingness to study and you know the, the bible says study to show yourself approved right a good worker rightly dividing the word of truth so being able to take the word of god and being able to take what the bible says and actually present it in a way so that it's understandable and it's not just this like fluffy like oh well you know whatever but but where you know we get diligent about this stuff we can win more people and that's why we're really here we're we're here God loves us he loves you exactly as you are if you never tell anybody about him he's still going to love you exactly the same but being able to the, the fact that we have this privilege of partnering with his heart in that way to win for the lamb, the reward of his suffering. Um, mm. It's just, it, it, it's, it's a really good weight to carry because yeah. we get to represent him well. And um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of echo what you were saying there about listening to people and, and recognizing mm. the fact that when you're in one of those conversations that you're dealing with a person, it's a real life person. It's somebody who God yeah. loves 
Do you have any final thoughts here before we uh, kind of wrap up and no, I think that's fantastic. I completely agree. I mean, if we can keep, if we can realize that we're, we are, we're dealing with lost people and oftentimes we were, we used to be in that position, right? So it's ultimate humility when you can remember that, Hey, you used to be there too. And how do you want, how would you want someone to represent Christ to you? Um, I, as a teen, I walked away from the faith because there was a bad representation or a bad representative of Christ that came into my life and, and it, it pushed me away. Luckily I, I came back, but still it's our, words and our witness are are important and so so love the people and and just show show them jesus point them point them to christ amen well here's your homework this week simple power podcast listeners share your faith with somebody (laughs) you don't have to be perfect at it you just have to love god and love people share your faith Mm. with somebody find somebody to talk to about jesus and homework number two go to mamabearapologetics.com check out the resources that are there And um, yeah, Amy, thank you again so much. I appreciate your time. Thanks for being here. Thanks for all that you're doing for the body of Christ and and everything that you're doing to, to train up people in this way. I think that it's so, so valuable and so needed today. Don't forget to check out Mama Bear Apologetics and some of these other resources that Amy was talking about today. And um, look forward to being back with you all next week. Have a good one.